Alright, welcome back to episode 225 podcast. Thing is all here. Uh, we killed the Army Navy game last week, put it into the ground, went 4 0 in the books we put out on Twitter. And then until we went it's about dead. So that's that. What's going on, boys? Feel free to talk. Uh, remember 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 oh what was that like a month and a half ago we came on the pod and you said what's going on and i said we bought a house and jared was like whoa 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 slow down you haven't bought a house yet we have now bought a house (laughs) it's official as of today as of this morning so exciting very exciting stuff homeowners now welcome to welcome to the life yeah can't wait it's gonna be fun one, be fun. one way or another it'll be great yeah you're in a great spot you're in a great spot um yeah things are going well over here too obviously um we all got together for the monday night games this past week uh because ethan's packers played and our dolphins played and it went probably no, the exact fucking opposite of what we all thought was going to happen i mean i've never seen i've never been in a room where we're rooting for two separate teams and it was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows within the matter of fucking 10 minutes. Minutes. Yeah. Minutes of each other. So we don't need to talk about that anymore. The Packers and Dolphins both both lost in heartbreaking fashion, one more so than the other. But um, let's talk about what I'm excited to talk about. It's probably beating a dead horse at this point, but we got to touch on it. Is the Chiefs Bills game. Um, oh, that's horrible, and- man. That's fucking terrible. I just I, I had to put it out there for everyone who gives a shit and what I have to say about it. That might have been the worst display of sportsmanship I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of a lot of poor sportsmanship displays. <coughs> I mean pretty, pretty bad. Lost his cool I mean, a little bit. A little bit. I, I just <laughs> and then that and then the half ass apology the next day, like, oh now I realize I fucked up. Like and I also I told Travis this. I think I might have told Ethan this too. What he said, what said over me, and I don't even like Josh Allen, but what he said to Josh Allen at midfield after the game, this is the most bullshit call I've ever seen. Like, you know how many times Josh Allen has had to trot his ass out to midfield in a in a game where Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have absolutely broken his heart and his team's heart, and he's not said anything, but you know, good game, man. See you again, stay healthy, whatever. Like, I that's what really sent me over the edge there. And the fact that not many other quarterbacks, I think, in the league who are starting quarterbacks would act like that. So there's there's a very few of them. Yeah, like to, to me that was the tipping point because the the temper tantrum on the sideline, whatever. Like it's the heat of the moment. You're upset about the call. It's happened two weeks in a row where you've essentially lost the game on a call. Granted, this one was the right one. The last one against the Packers with the MVS pass interference that should have been called wasn't. Um, yeah, you have the right to be upset about that. But then to trot, like you said, trot your ass out there to Josh Allen and intentionally be like. That was basically like that was bullshit. You know it. You got lucky. Like yeah, that, that's just a horrible display of of sportsmanship. Well, not only that, I think that they're all getting mad over nothing over something that was completely Kadarius yep. Tony's fault. Um, yeah, you could you could be courteous somewhere earlier in the game if he had done it and say, "Hey, back up." Um, but I think there's a bunch of like not necessarily hidden rules, but kind of with it you know players might have with referees that we're not sure about but at the end of the day in that situation you just gotta look across the line and see where you're at 
not that hard. Yep. I mean, and I get his point that it's a, that until this year, it's a, it's a penalty that hadn't been called a ton. I mean, they've called it 11 times this year, but last year they called it twice. And it's something they've made a point of emphasis. Um, now, with that being said, in the Chiefs' defense, I saw about five screenshots of games um, all over the weekend where the inside receiver just like that was lined up offsides. It was on Monday night. Jalen Waddle did the same thing, wasn't called. So I think they just want more consistency. And the only way we're going to stop seeing that is if refs start calling it more consistently and coaches start cracking down on it. But again, ultimately, you got that's fair. Yeah, I was going to say, like, again, you want consistency, but yeah, and I'm not saying that the refs, (laughs) I'm not saying that the refs are inconsistent because we all know, or that they're consistent, sorry, because we all know that they're inconsistent. But that Waddle one specifically that you're talking about, um, I saw that same thing, and people pointed out that that was just where the blue line was on the broadcast. He wasn't offsides on that play. Um, and so like, it could have been, it could have been the angle too. Cause like the angle yeah. was like kind of full. A lot of down. people, a lot of people were like, Oh, well, like look at this example and this example and this example. And then I saw people like post an alternative photo and they were like, this is the same play. You can't always trust where the line is on the broadcast because it's not always accurate. And I was like, fair point with Kadarius Tony. It was very obvious. The motherfucker like had his whole body across the line of scrimmage. So that was a given, but Yes, some people line up offsides. It definitely happens, but that Waddle one specifically, I saw that one, um, at least from the angle that I saw in some of the comments, he definitely wasn't offsides. Gotcha. I just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, either way, we had to touch on I mean, obviously, everyone thinks he's a total ass clown, which, fair enough, but <laughs> I think they are ass clowns at the wrong person. Can we yeah. Can we really fast? I know that we, uh, we don't touch on this super quick, but speaking of ass clowns, you guys saw uh, Draymond Green get ejected for the third time this season last night by basically backhanding Nurkic right in the face. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna I punch mean, him. Just punch him. Yeah, he's getting suspended minimum twenty games. Like he, he got suspended indef- for five indefinite. for the chokehold earlier. Yeah, I like that is to me. You got to do something with Draymond if you're the Warriors. He's getting out of the his ability to be a good player and an asshole. Now he's just an asshole. I think yeah, you got to. I was going to say he's kind of just. But, I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck you'd want to go and haul <laughs> off and smack someone. I don't know. First of all, smack him like oh, it was the most unintentional, intentional slap I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like and the most like hit him like, with like the like like the heel of his hand yeah. too. It's like like wasn't even like a good. Str- it wasn't an full open hand slap that hurts. It wasn't a punch. He hit him like it probably hurt him more than it hurt Nurkic. Yeah. And the, the one thing I saw too, and I kept looking at the replay and seeing people talk about it today, um, he there wasn't even really a lot of contact on the play prior. Like they were no. just kind of battling for, for position, and then he got like really aggressive for no reason and just whipped it around like he was like caught on something when he definitely wasn't. Um, yeah. It's crazy to me. I don't understand it. Yeah, he's he's I've I've never been a Draymond guy. There's times whenever I see him interview and it's like, okay, he's kind of redeeming, but then he does shit like that. I'm like, now I remember why I also watched <laughs> them and them go against LeBron for like four straight finals. And he got on my fucking nerves every single time. So yeah. Yeah. That was back when he was yep. a good pest. Now yeah. it's a right. bad yeah. pest. Like, <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, so it was a bad transition because we went from football to NBA, and then now we're going back to football. We were going to lead it right on to and what we're going to talk about the playoff race coming up. We got four weeks left of football, and there are a lot of teams that are in the hunt for 
potential playoff spots. So I'm going to leave this a little bit if you guys don't mind. Uh, we can go on kind of off that. So I want to talk about basically people who are in, like kind of like an auto bid as of right now that you don't really have to worry mm-hmm. about. Uh, I think in the AFC, the only team that is the Ravens. There are still some other teams that need to do some work. I think the Ravens mm-hmm. are basically in. I would say I would also lump the Chiefs in that conversation. I don't see the Chiefs. They're only a game not. ahead of the Broncos. I know. If you're going to lump the but... Chiefs, you have to lump the Dolphins, and both of them still have some work cut out for them. I ran a playoff simulator, and I think that I'm just wildly being way over. But I, I don't. I think if you don't get to 11 wins in the AFC, you're not gonna. You're not guaranteed a spot. All right, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And then the NFC, though, I had basically four teams that are pretty much in as of right now: the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Lions. I would have said that the Lions wouldn't have been a guarantee had the Packers won on Monday Night Football. Um, but yeah. since they did not, that all but guaranteed them a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. Or at least the, I, the division winner. And then I have basically teams that are in but still need to finish it up, clean up some work a little bit. In the AFC, I've got the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and I think the Jags as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. take a royal fuck up for them to not make the playoffs. Yeah. In the NFC – I don't have anyone that's like at the finish line. You just got to clean it up. Everyone's battling outside of those top four. Yeah, you have the yeah you have the South. That's a wide open race between probably three teams at this point. All three all six and seven. Yeah, and then yeah those those two last two wild card spots. Obviously, the second place NFC East player team is going to get that fifth seed, and then you got six and seven that are wide open. That could be a plethora of teams out there. So let's battle for some spots here. So saying that we have four held up in the AFC, all divisional winners that we had thought the dolphins, the Ravens, the chiefs and the Jags saying those are the division winners. Are we sure the dolphins are going to win the division? If not, we're, we're saying so as of right now, if not, I think they make it in. I mean, we would have to lose out and the bills have to win out. So I, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, well, which, and will, you, which will bring me to the first wild card teams, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys both in? between the Bills and the Dolphins have some pretty tough schedules left. So I that's why I'm not really worried about you guys losing the division because as tough games as you guys have, the Bills also have the Cowboys and the, and the Dolphins. And so yeah, so the the Bills when I'll talk about the remaining schedule, it's Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. I think they for sure win two of them. Yeah. And then they're sitting uh, at what nine and eight, yep. ten and seven. If they only win two, they only oh, win two. Yeah. They're nine and eight. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't, um, okay. And then I, th- I think nine and eight would maybe get a spot. Maybe I don't think so. Yeah. I don't so, think so and re- and the, if you're sitting in the Bills' shoes, then you got to win three of your next four. Yeah. So maybe they're it not all starts shoe. this weekend. If they if they lose to the Cowboys this weekend, which I I don't think they will, considering what Vegas has, I think everyone's we'll talk about that when we talk about betting. But some I as soon as the Bills won that game against the Chiefs, I'm like they're gonna fucking get hot and go on a run, and that's just it's it's I've seen it before, so I hope not. But um, yeah, we'll see. Well, then that brings me to the Browns because they are my I have them as another high end wild card team. I do too. They they also sit at. What are they? Eight and four? 
Or are they seven and five? Eight and five. They're, they're, they're seven and six. They're seven and six. The Denver seven. The and six Browns. Oh, the Browns. Sorry, the Browns. I'm yeah, sorry. Browns are eight and five. Yeah. Yes, they're eight and five. And they finish out Chicago, Houston, the Jets, and the Bengals. And I think they I think win they three lose or four. One. Yeah, so yeah, they lose yeah. one. Yeah. So they're looking at a playoff team. And Joe Flacco right now looks amazing. Like, if if that's their quarterback going into the playoffs, like the dude's thrown for over 300 yards back to back weeks, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The defense is nasty. Yeah. Um, another team that's technically battling for a spot, the Steelers, but I have them finishing pretty poorly. I think I don't have them winning another game. Yeah, I don't have them winning another game. I have winning, I think maybe one. I think I have them at eight and nine. Not good. Um, the Colts, a team that I can realistically see winning a couple games out and getting lucky, but I don't think they have the juice to do it. Their schedule goes Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. It's a pretty easy schedule. I think they can win three four of those. This might be a hot take, but I think that that week 18 game between the Colts and the Texans is for the seven seed. I think it's for, yeah, it, I think the winner of that game, I think it's going to be winner take all game as well. <clears throat> Which leads yeah. to the Texans. They finish out Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. And they also, CJ Stroud is like up in the air too. Yeah. He's, he's in concussion protocol. If they don't have Shroud this weekend, that's that's a tough game for them to win. Oh, yeah. At Tennessee, too? Yeah. It's going to be tough. really tough. And the last team I had is the Denver Broncos. Uh, they finish out Lions, Pats, Chargers, Raiders. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there. I think I think Denver gets in. I do too. I think I think I think Denver's gonna get they they're they're playing really good football right now. Russell Wilson leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks. So they don't I think play they win pretty three games. out of four of those games. I think so too. So I had in mind I have Buffalo missing because like you said, I I think you have to get the ten wins. I do have them going two and two down the stretch. Maybe it's a little generous. We'll see how Miami comes out and bounces back this week against the Jets. Um, but I have Cleveland and like Ethan said, I had Indy and Houston in a winner take all week eighteen game. I had Indy in. So I got Cleveland, Indy, Denver as my wildcard teams. I have the Bills, Browns, and Broncos. The three Bs. Killer Bs. The, the killer Bs. I I had the the Browns are my five seed. Um, I think again, Texans are the Colts are the seven seed. Well, yeah, pick the one. Six seed. The sixth seed was a well. If we, if we want me to pick, I like the Texans. I think that they're a more complete football team um, with CJ Stroud healthy. I know they've had it, they've dealt with a lot too. Tank Dell's gone down. Noah Brown's been in and out. Nico Collins has been in and out. Their running back game has not been great all season up until recently when Devin Singletary's kind of taken over as the lead helm and has looked better. So I like the Texans there. Um, this is where it got really hard for me because I had two teams here that I, I both think can really do it if their quarterbacks continue to play the way they are. First one is the Broncos. I think that there's a realistic chance they finish 10 and seven um, and make that six seed. But I also think it's not even a team that we've talked about that the Bengals could finish 10 and seven because Jake Browning has looked incredible for the two weeks that he's been quarterback. And I get it that we've, we've seen it where quarterbacks come out hot when they get a chance and they fall off a wagon 
if we don't see him fall off a wagon, they may lose one game down the stretch, and that's to the Browns. And then if that's the case, uh, then they're ten and seven. And you think they're gonna lose? You think they're gonna win an Arrowhead? The Chiefs. We've seen what the Chiefs have looked like the last few weeks. Like okay. they they the, haven't the, looked good. Jake Browning is not going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Not going. Jordan off. Love did. They play the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns. I could see them going two and two at best. I I think yeah. I think we're going to be sitting there talking in Week 17. Like, can the Bengals sneak in? And then to Travis's point, I do think they lose their last two. I think they drop to the Chiefs and the Browns and get thrown in the conversation, and they'll and they'll finish. Uh, eight, nine, or nine and eight, and beyond. Like I think in the AFC, if you're not at ten wins, if you're not, if you don't have the potential, if you're not sitting at nine wins after week seventeen in the AFC, you can might as well just, you know, count your blessings goodbye. It's over. You have to get the ten wins, in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess the one thing that hurts them is that their conference record is bad. So if they end up at nine and eight and they're tied with Houston or uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, um, Houston and Indianapolis both have the tiebreaker over them. So. It's yeah, they're like they're like three and six right now in the conference or something stupid like that. So I'm just I was just saying don't rule it out. I Denver was no. my first choice, but I'm just saying I think that there's a chance that if Jake Browning continues to play well, that they could win three of those four games. So we all think the current division leaders are going to end up winning their division. I think uh, that's safe to say. I th- I'd it's say safe, so. but I could see Denver also sneak because again, I'm not high on the Chiefs. If the Chiefs fall off a cliff and Denver continues to win, that they take over that division. But my problem is the Chiefs' schedule is just so easy: Pats, Raiders at home, Bengals at home, yeah, and then Easton sticking uh, the Chargers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so yeah, they're uh, they're fine. <clears throat> yeah, I like that. And then uh, we gave you a, a few different wild card spots. For the most part, we think that they're pretty solidified up. Between what are we saying? eight to nine teams. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And then the NFC, we all obviously had the 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, and Eagles making it. That still leaves the South up for grabs and two wild card spots. So we can go ahead and just get the South out of the way. Bucks, Falcons, Saints. All right. They're all six and seven, correct? Yep. Bucks have. Packers, Jags, Saints, Panthers. I think I think they go two and two, but I think they have the no offense. I mean, I don't want to. No, I, I hear you. After watching I last think, week, I think they have the ability to go yeah. into Lambeau this week and win. So I, yeah, I if they can, I, the I, they can win in Green Bay, there's three wins. Yeah. the fact yeah. that it's in Lambeau makes it a lot harder. But because you're going from Tampa Bay to to Lambeau in December, but yeah, but Baker Mayfield came from Cleveland, so yeah. So, yeah, that's fair too. No, he didn't. He came from Texas. Baker Mayfield. Well, I mean, he. Oh, I thought you were talking about he, he grew up in Cleveland. <laughs> the like, Cleveland no. Browns, who have terrible. Like, no, he didn't. Um, all right. So we think they're two and two. They'll put him at eight and nine, and then the Falcons. They've got Panthers, Colts, Bears, Saints. I think they also go two and two. I. I have them at one and three. At one and three with those last four. Well, I guess the Bears have been playing some really good football. I'll say um, in Chicago, I have, I have, I have yeah. losing to the Bears. Yeah, that's I have them losing to I, the only team I have beaten is the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Falcons, you got the Colts me. fighting. You got a scrappy Bears team, and then you've got the Saints that will probably be fighting or trying to spoil their parade. 
The Falcons to me are just such a weird football team because they are a really good, bad football team in every facet. They have a good, bad quarterback. And what I mean by that is like, it's a bad quarterback who has shining moments. They have a good, bad running back like Bijan, who's been playing not great, but has some really good shining moments. They have a really decent tight end who has played pretty bad and has some shining moments. So they have the ability to win and when they all put it together. And then when they don't, they look awful. My problem with the Falcons is their coaching and their inability to close games. I've seen, I haven't watched a ton of Falcons games this year, but the ones I have watched, I feel like they're winning late and then they blow a fourth quarter lead, AKA this weekend to the bucks. So they just don't have like a, there's the weapons on offense. Like, yes, they're good, but they're not polished. They're young. Everyone in that offense is young. And well, you, look just, the, you look at a team like the Bucks, and you got Baker and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all those guys. They just don't so. have an identity. You're you're running Bijan, Tyler Algier, and Cordero Patterson out there. And uh, to me, the a, a, a rotation that doesn't make any sense. Um, you've got a tight end who you rarely use that people call the generational talent. I think we've seen that he's not necessarily that, but you don't ever use him. Um, Drake London can have 10 catches for 175 yards. Like he did last week or two catches for 12. Like I, it, there's just no rhythm on that side of the ball. Yeah. They all starts with the quarterback. Unfortunately, Desmond are in it. Um, yep. so, <clears throat> so we have them all, also going either eight, nine, seven and 10. So I think we're all three out, out, out on the saints. I think it's safe to say. I think so too. They've got the Giants, Rams, Bucks, Falcons. Um, I think at best they're going two and two. Hate to say yeah. that, but I've I've got the Bucks taking the division. I, I do too. They're about to get That's fucking run over by Tommy Cutlets next week. <laughs> um, Saints are. And if if Derek Carr is their quarterback, there's just I was so high on Derek or Derek quarterback. Jesus Christ, Derek Carr. For years, I think you guys know that I, he's always somebody that I was really high on with the Raiders. I thought he was going to have really good seasons. I thought when Devonte got there, it was a game changer for them in the AFC West. And then he goes to the Saints, and I'm like, oh, new system. Like you know, he'll thrive with that system down there with the weapons that he would have and Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave. And he's just not. I, I, he's yeah. been one of the worst, if not the worst, quarterback in the NFL this year. And that's maybe not Bryce Young. Let's uh, I won't go that far. Yeah, yeah, let's bad. pump the brakes. Yeah, watching those games. I mean, and then they go and try out Jameis out there. Like, why don't you put out Taysom Hill just to see what could happen? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, but yeah, so I've got Ethan. We both have the Bucks. Who do you have taking that division? I mean, you talked me out of uh, thinking that the Falcons could do it. So especially with their schedule, <laughs> so I have the Bucks as well. Yeah, I think I kind of talked All myself right. out of it, but. And then neither of them are obviously going to be. Quite good enough to take a wild card spot. Wild card really, spot. Wild card. So really, talking about? Yeah, yeah. We've got I mean, four teams. Four teams, I think, that are in the spot. We've got the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams, and the Seahawks. Yeah. Are those your guys' four? Those are my four, and I have one. I think of those four teams, I think there's one team that I think you can throw out the window right now. The Vikings. Yeah. I think that they're Josh Dobbs was a flash in the pan, dude. Come on. Well, now well, Nick, Nick Mullins. Nick, Nick Mullins is the quarterback. Yeah. They already ditched him. Well, he's he came in, in the he came in, in the late third quarter last week and ended yeah. up with more passing yards than Dobbs in yeah. a quarter and a third. Still couldn't score though. 
Still couldn't score against the Raiders. So three nothing and probably well, I forgot that game was even on for most of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so let's all just rule them out right now because they're not finishing better than so. nine. Um let's talk about the Packers. They it's let's try not to overreact too much because we have yeah. seen those Jordan Love games where he's awful and then he comes back out and he throws for 370 yards and three touchdowns. He's got the Bucks, the Panthers. The Vikings and the Bears, so a very easy schedule. All he has to not do is play like he did on Monday night. Yep. If if I he think, doesn't, if he plays like he did the three weeks prior, they win all four of those games. If he plays I'll like say, he did last week, I think they win two. I think they if, they aren't going to get that lucky to have a performance for four games. So I think they drop yeah, at least one. I think they yeah. drop one. I, th- I here's here's a hot, like I think even if. Even if they lose the Bucks on Sunday, which I think is a real possibility, I still like them to make it. If they beat Tampa Bay on Sunday, I'm calling right now the Packers are a lock to make the playoffs. If they beat Tampa Bay on Sunday, so it's almost impossible for them not to make it from what I've seen for the rest of the schedules. So yeah, well they have the they have the tiebreaker with everybody below them, so they control their own destiny. Um, and I I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we talked about four teams that have the potential. We all had those four teams, but I've only got two teams who I think are going to be in there when it's all said and done. I think um, so too. And it's the team we just talked about, and it's the team we're about to talk about. Yeah, well, you got. I think, two I think left. there's there's yeah, another know, there's team, team left. Two left that's reeling right now, and I think there's no way they're going to make it. So that would be the Seattle Seahawks. That would be the Seattle Seahawks. They are just not playing good football. So they play the Eagles, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Cardinals. I, there's two, I think, fairly easy wins in there. And in my honest opinion, I think they only need to win two more games to be fighting for a spot. They're six and seven right now, though. So two games, two wins only gets them to eight. And nine. Oh, well, I saw. I, for some reason, I thought they were seven and six. So yeah, no. I think I think they win three of those games. Because um, I had them at nine and eight. I, I don't see it. I, I'm just gonna tell you now. I have the Packers and the Rams in. I think the what the Rams that I saw play the Ravens on Sunday, the Matt Stafford that I saw play the Ravens on Sunday, um, is like a scary te- like a team that you don't want to see. And I think they're gonna get hot. I think they have the right personnel. They have the right um, players on the team. Um, it, Co- Cooper Cup looked healthy again. Well, the Rams just, are gonna just, at least win their three of their last four games because they've got the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants. And the 49ers, and the I have them as I have them as a playoff team. Yeah. If so we both have, we all have Packers and, and Rams. And we also have, have to remember too that the Seahawks and Rams. The oh, Niners wow. might have all their starters rested week 18. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also a real possibility too. The I the thing about having the Seahawks and the Rams is that the Packers own the tiebreaker over both of them. So they would have to, the Packers would have, would have to lose three of their last four because they would have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. Yeah. Which could, which could definitely happen, but in that case, then I'll take the, I know they had the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. So I would take the Packers Rams and then either obviously the Eagles and I think have the Packers Cowboys. The Packers are six seed because I have the Rams finishing nine and eight, um, one and three of their last four, and then Green Bay one and three of their last four. But Green Bay has a tiebreaker over them. So, I mean, Which, there's either, a world where Green way, Bay can those go. Those are my two teams in there, yeah. and and they could, yeah. Who's yeah. the set? Oh, the Rams would be the seven seed. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so there you have it. We pretty much narrowed it down to not that big of a race in the AFC. Kind of a race in the NFC. Do we want to look at playoff odds? Let's do it. And I'll also tell you right now, after everything we just talked about, you can go ahead and bank that the Packers will somehow lose three of their last four games. <laughs> yep, and the Dolphins will probably lose the division and be a seven seed again. So, again, overreaction from from, yeah. from Monday night. <laughs> if while well, while Travis is looking um, for those of you who would love to enjoy this after after that horrible breakdown of our two teams. Jarrett storms out of the bar, takes off his Dolphins jersey, and throws it in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even his jersey. Yeah, it was my wife's. I didn't even. I didn't even. I, I didn't say anything. That that fucking bozo was trying to talk next to me. Dude, like, oh I knew. God, dude. Gonna, I knew that was gonna happen. Yep. So for those of you who weren't there, this just random guy at the bar comes up, and I was talking to my wife about this because I it was getting on my nerves, and I knew it was making your blood boil. This guy comes up and starts talking to Jarrett. When the there's like two there's like a the minute ball. 30 left yeah it's when the dolphins have the ball they have to make a drive and this guy just comes up and just starts fucking yapping off and jared's here and he's like you know i'm not really much of a sports fan but i try to talk sports to make it seem i know what i'm talking about and as as this is going on the dolphins get second down third down fourth down's coming up and the guy finally shuts up and he's just kind of standing there to eats his sack and we just walk out of the bar it's it's one of those things to where it's either one of those type of people that's just completely <laughs> oblivious or knows exactly what they're doing and they're the worst the second type of fucking people. Yeah, he was he was the second one. He knew it is. He saw me wearing my Dolphins jersey. Oh, Dolphins! Oh, that's my thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go talk yep. to this guy. I I don't think I've walked out of a place faster. And I mean, like that was credit to me and Travis. Like, that's like the calmest we've been after a bad loss from one of our teams. Like, I, well, I saw it coming from a mile away. As soon as I got the two mile away, they're gonna. I mean, we're both like we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose. Whatever, I'm over it. Playoff um, is what it real is. fast though. It, that is a if that is not a picture perfect example, and Travis said it of why prevent defense does yeah, not dude. work. Both of those, both of those games should tell you. I exactly don't understand why. how we aren't trying our hardest. Instead of hey, let's not let up the deep ball. Let's let up. 30 yards and 15 seconds and just underneath passes. It yeah. makes no sense. It will never make sense to me. Defensive coordinators, I don't know how they haven't caught on. Odds to make the playoffs. The Denver Broncos are at plus 115. Wow. So not horrible. The Colts are at plus 100, so even odds. Here we go. Rams plus 160. Love that. Yeah. Um. Let's see who else we've got. What are the bills? The bills. The bills are even money. Yikes. What about the Bucks are plus 110. Packers are even money. All right. So there you have it. There we go. So pretty much. Pretty decent odds. It only lasts four weeks. Yeah. Four week bet, I'll take it. I've done it before in the playoffs and it's paid off for me. So exactly. So if you like that, go play some before Sunday. <clears throat> okay. We got coming up. We've got some bowl picks. So we are going to do bowl picks weekly at a time. Uh so we're by the time this comes out, it'll be Thursday. So we're gonna do all the picks up until 
Wednesday the twentieth. I think there's, like there's no game on Wednesday the twentieth. There's one on the nineteenth, but there's one yeah, not one right. on the twentieth. So. But until our next episode, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we will kick it off with the very first bowl games being played. It's the Myrtle Beach Bowl on the 16th at 10 a.m. So this Saturday, Georgia Southern versus Ohio. Georgia Southern is three and a half point favorites. The over under is 48 and a half. Anyone got a pick that's jumping out to him here? I got a, I, I got a hammer, and I'm sure me and Ethan are on the same page here. Let's hear it. You like the under 48 and a half, Ethan? Sure do. Fucking yep. <laughs> easy money. Yeah, unders Ohio, are, uh, Ohio is eight. missing almost all of their offense, but has almost all of their defense that was top five in scoring last year or this past year. Yeah. And yeah, unders and Ohio games are eight, three, and one this year. Um, we've betted a ton of times, made us a lot of money. I don't like the three and a half hook. I think Ohio can win this game, but I'm not confident to bet them plus three and a half or money line. So I love the under here. All right. We'll take the under. Uh, I had Ohio money line. Um, I like that too. I, like I think that, that they're simple. still. Yeah, I think they're still the better team. I know they're missing their quarterback. They're missing, I think, a wide receiver and maybe a running back, but they're still the better the team. Receiver. And the fact that they have almost all of their defense still intact, that was one of the best in the country. Just they're, Georgia State's not going to get any offense going. They're yeah. not missing their main running back. They're missing their second highest wide receiver, I do believe. Okay. Um, but that's it. Their quarterback's been – I mean, he's playing. Rourke's yeah. playing. No, so, Rourke. I don't. Um, I thought Rourke wasn't playing. I thought I saw he wasn't. Either I way. have a list. Uh, I have a list of, of ops outs right here. I got it. I saw. Him, I saw he was playing. It's his last game ever. I have a whole ass article for you guys, real quick. First bowl game. <laughs> so did I. We got. We got nope. The Ohio's missing Miles Cross and Georgia Southern's the missing their long. Yeah, Georgia Southern's missing their long snapper. So miss field goals. Miss field goals. <laughs> Unless Curtis Rourke is hurt. I don't I might have just read that he was because I thought he was transferring. Is it or is he just done? Uh, well now it's saying an article I don't know how how accurate the article you're looking at, Jared, but this one six days ago said he's in, entering the transfer portal. Yeah. So and I'm pretty sure that if you enter the transfer portal, you can't play, right? This Maybe article so. is from yeah. yesterday. Yeah, no, he well, the transfer portal. I don't know. I don't like Ohio if he's not playing, but I like the under better if he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, so let's do it. Sweet. All right. Let's roll into the next bowl game, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. This is the 16th at 115 in New Orleans, obviously. It features Jacksonville State, three point favorite, versus the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. With a total of fifty nine and a half, then you wouldn't got so anything jumping off the screen. I did, but I'm gonna say, I'm gonna throw something out there. I did not know this was the because I blindly just looked at the lines on Action Network, didn't look at the games where they were played at, what the bowl name was, because who gives a shit? I always feel like that Lafayette comes out and plays this game hard. I've seen them play in this fucking same bowl game probably seven years now, and it they always matter. play tough. Okay, my because my pick was Jacksonville minus three. So, because they've been a wagon this year for us, that's literally what I have. They've they've been a wagon. They've had some. Not only that, they've had some incredible covers uh, this year. They're eight three and one against the spread. Yep, they're a ground and pound team who averages two hundred and thirty yards per game on the ground and ranked number third in the country at doing that. Louisiana, 
allows 167th. They rank 89th on the ground. I think as long as Jacksonville can incorporate uh, Webb into the game, their quarterback doing some read options, get the running game going, they're going to dominate. Um, I did not have anything in this game. This is the only game I did not have a pick in. Um, I just I have I, I have two games I don't picks in. So gotcha. Yeah. Um, I did want to backtrack really fast though, just to let you guys know. But Curtis Rourke did officially enter the transfer portal, and two four seven has him either going to BYU or Vandy. So fun times. We'll see. But, Good for cool. him. The next bowl game, then, since we've got Jacksonville State picked on that, is the Avocados for Mexico Cure Bowl. This is 2.30. There you go, everyone sing it. 2.30 on Saturday in Orlando featuring Miami, Ohio, and Appalachian State, who is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And the over-under is 44-and-a-half. All right. Yeah, so – Go ahead, E. Yeah, I was just going to say, I also saw Miami does not have their top two quarterbacks um, in this game, one of them to the transfer portal, the other to injury. Uh, Brett Gabbard is – I believe still not back, correct? And he is Miami, Ohio, correct? Got to make yes, sure I have yeah, my. He's been my, out for a while. Notes, right? Yeah, but they also don't have who their second string was. Um, it's either to transfer portal or injury. But I know they're without their top two quarterbacks for this game. On the article that I saw, I got some bad Appalachian State has been rolling on offense. Um, Miami does have a very strong defense. But I really like App State minus five and a half. Or what was it at when you saw it? I thought it was five and six a half. Six and a half. So it's up to six and a half. So I, I saw him at five and a half. Um, I, I honestly don't hate him at six and a half either, just because of how much they've been rolling. And if Miami doesn't have a quarterback worth a damn, I don't know. Miami didn't have a quarterback worth a damn in their conference championship game, in which they weren't even given a chance, came out and beat Toledo. Uh, they have allowed 55 points in their last five games. They're one of the best teams in the country against the spread at 10 and three. Uh, I know most of their productivity on the field comes from defense, but who's to say this quarterback can't be okay. I like them at plus six and a half just because of their defense. I got one better for you. Travis hit on all the points and why this should be a, a, a good and easy pick to take. It's an end game six and a half point teaser. To make Miami, Ohio plus 13 and the under of 50. Yeah, six point teaser, the under of 50, because I had their under at 47 and a half. I saw I said 44. 44 and a half. 44 and a half, yeah. So six and a half would technically make it 51. I'm bad at math. Yeah. Um, I had a six and a half point teaser to get Miami, Ohio to 13, and the under would be 51 then. Because I. Odds are all over the place. <laughs> with all the with all the points that Travis said, Miami Ohio's ten yes. three against the spread without the quarterback. Fine, I still think I still think they keep this within a couple of touchdowns, maybe a ten point loss potentially. Ethan's spread would still cover. Um, I just feel safer because I do think Miami Ohio is such a good defensive team. <clears throat> I almost like the under straight up by itself, but I want to take two unders in the same day. So I was like, I got to tease yeah, it with something. And it's low. So, I yeah. like that. I like the teaser. <clears throat> Especially since me and Ethan had differentiating picks, that kind of works right out. Middle, yeah, and and yeah, now now they now they both can hit. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, they can't. Pull Travis because Travis took Miami. Ohio. Never mind. Right. Well, not if I take a teaser instead. Uh, True, because that features my pick, but better. Next is the Isleta New Mexico Bowl at four forty-five on Saturday in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
it favors one team a little bit because you've got Fresno State versus New Mexico State, who's a three and a half point favorite and over under 51 and a half. I like a pick in this game a lot. I don't see I have no play in this game. I like New Mexico State minus three and a half. Genius. They've been a very good team. That's where uh, I was leaning. I, I don't like that. They're losing one of their they're losing one of their top wide receivers in the transfer porter, transfer portal, but Fresno's losing a starting safety as well. Um might bounce out just a tad there. Fresno, we did kind of roll a little bit during the season, but they completely fell off. They lost their last three games. They missed out on their conference championship game in doing so. And in those games, they failed to score more than 20 points in each one of them. Mikey Keene, their quarterback, has thrown one touchdown in the last three games. Mexico State on the opposite side is rolling. The guys are buzzing. I don't think they've made a freaking bowl game or a meaningful bowl game in a while. So I like them minus three and a half. Yeah, I also had them minus three and a half. Uh, to me, it's two teams that are just going in the opposite directions. Um, I know that New Mexico State just lost to Liberty, but before that they won, I believe it was seven in a row. Um, Fresno, like like you said, has been reeling the last few weeks. It's a home game for New Mexico, quite literally, in, it, in the sense of where it's at. Um, so I just I really like New Mexico State in this game. Um, give me the points. Give me the money line. Also, I, I didn't hate the over either, but I, d- I wanted to stay away from that. Ooh. Ethan Schmidt's the money line. What about what is the New Mexico State, Jayville State money line parlay? We can put we can <clears throat> throw one together. Okay. Um while we talk about this next game, which is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. Yeah. Eight fifteen on Saturday night in Shreveport, Louisiana. It features oh, Cal. Versus Texas Tech. Tech is a three-point favorite over under 57 and a half. Okay. Do you guys have like a pick you're like absolutely in love with in this game? Not that I'm in love with, but I have a pick. Same. I I like the under of 58. I had a 58. No, Travis just said 57 and a half. Ethan's scrunching his nose at me. I get it. Texas Tech hasn't scored more than 24 points in the last three weeks. Um I don't have who they lost at the transfer portal. I know they lost some some players. So did Cal. And Cal has had a stout defense over their last two games. Um, two games. Yeah. The last two. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm just saying they've had a stout, they've had a, they've had a stout defense. You got to look at recency, not what's happened before. I mean, because by the time they play this game, it'll be damn near a month since the games before that. So over a month. I just the under popped out to me. If he doesn't like it, I get it, but that's that's the pick I had in this game. So I mean, we might throw them all out. If we all have opposite picks, we just won't take anything. Yeah, because I was going to say the, the reason I don't like it is because I had the over of 57 and a half. Um, um, I'll give you my reasoning why. It's because Al's defense outside of their last two games, and I hear you with the recency thing, has not been good. Um, the other big points that I had in this game is that neither of these teams are good with clock management. They really like to push the ball. Um, and they also, both of these teams, turn the ball over at a very high clip, which means ball in plus territory, not good defenses. It's it's weird that you have two teams that don't have great defenses but also can force turnovers, um, which is something that I think is going to happen in this game. We're going to have drives that are quick down the field, um, and then you're going to have drives where you've got turnovers in plus territory that are going to result in points, which is where I got my over from. Yeah. So right, Texas Tech is missing the quarterback, I'm pretty sure. But we might not take a pick in this game. I had 
Cal money line at plus one thirty. Um, if you're looking all at Cal's record, what? I said we're all all over the place here. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're looking at Cal's record, you thought they'd have a rough season at six and six. They lost to five ranked teams at the time, and then the other one was Auburn. So they it's not like they've been losing to shitty teams. Uh, Texas Tech, on the other hand, has been all over the place. They are kind of have an identity crisis at quarterback. Tyler Shaw, obviously not playing. I don't know if he's in the transfer portal. Um, but the guy who's playing, Baron Morton, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback next year. Uh, I just think the team's in shambles. They're not really playing, hey, let's go out there. Really got to win this Independence Bowl, whereas Cal, probably looking forward to it after a drought. Yeah. This is one so, of yeah, these bowl games that's that's unfortunate because it's a bowl game and you're thinking, oh, like, really good matchup. Well, they're both six and six, so it's the epitome yeah. of average. Um, exactly. So, but I, I don't hate your thought process there because if Texas Tech is playing with a backup QB, and I was looking at that too when it, when I was looking at Cal, is like, man, they have lost to some really good teams this year. I mean, they lost to USC by a point. Um, and I get USC has had kind of a downturn year too, but lost to Oregon, lost to, I believe it was Washington State. Um, just, just some really good competition all season long. And then when they didn't play that competition, they played really well. Um, yeah, so I don't, also Texas. I don't hate that. Texas, Texas Tech's also missing two tackles in this game. So, to Ethan's point, like defenses, you know, some opportunistic defenses here. I I will probably ride Cal money line with you, Travis. But I don't think it's a pick we put out there. Okay. If, unless unless, unless Ethan fine. agrees. Unless yeah, Ethan I mean, agrees. Travis, Travis kind of talked me into the Cal pick. I will yeah, say that if too. we're going to do it, maybe put a unit on it. Um, oh yeah, I only had yeah. one. I only had one yeah. on it. All right. We've got uh, three left. We've got the Starco Brands LA Bowl. This is at SoFi Stadium at 1130 Saturday night. We are going to, boys are going to be buzzing at that time of the night because the fights oh, yeah. are going to be on. <laughs> uh, late sweat, late sweat a game. We've got UCLA. Should be a good game. UCLA giving four versus Boise State, the over under of 49 and a half. I've got two what, what time did you say this solid. game was? 11.30? ESPN says it's at 6.30. Yeah. Did they change it? They well, might you have. Can, you can you confuse me when you start talking about the Cal game for Boise. Yeah. Game. Like, um, <laughs> I was like, you're going out of order. I'm pretty they sure might have first. When I was literally typing this out today, they had this game at 11.30. Wow. Crazy because I literally fine. went down in order on ESPN's website. So sorry, yeah. maybe not. So that's that's okay. Oh, fuck me. It is what it is. We will still I, be buzzing. <laughs> I like. I like. I had it four and a half, and I like Boise plus four and a half. Um, UCLA. If you look at who they lost, in the, look at who they lost in the portal. They lost almost half their offense to the portal. Um, I'm gonna name name some names right here. Uh, where is it? Where to go? Because you scroll past, it. I gotta go in my article in order. Um. They lost a tight end, a quarterback, a two wide receivers, an offensive and an offensive lineman, all to the portal. Um, you know who Boise State know. lost? They lost. They lost Taylor Green. I understand that. They, they lost, lost a quarterback Taylor. and their leading wide receiver. I just I can't do chalk of like. Oh, I guess you picked Cal. I don't know. This is a game that I probably won't bet, to be honest with you. Now that now that we're talking about it out loud, I had Boise plus four and a half because I'm like, I'm taking too many favorites today on this on this slate. So 
including NFL. UCLA also lost their quarterback, which honestly, in my honest opinion, Dante Moore is trash. Um, So Ethan Garbers is a much better quarterback. I either like UCLA minus four or I like the under 49 and a half. Um, Can I just real fast too? The transfer portal is ruining betting for bowl season. Oh, 100%. Ruining it. Because it's you don't know who's playing, who's not. The matchups, you have no idea what some of these guys look like. Like, we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks, but like with that Ohio State Mizzou game, like it's like, I don't even know who Ohio State's going to have in the game. We know we're going to have most of our guys. Uh, they, all, they, they, they came out and said like their top two wide receivers are playing, except for Marvin Harrison. But they he hasn't decided yet, but um, yeah, but Kyle McCord's not going to be there. Can... So, what's up, Trev? I think their second wide receiver is going to the draft. I don't know if he's playing. Anyway, doesn't matter. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Yeah, it, to Ethan's point, it, it is ruining it. Um, I made my picks on our bowl pick them, and I'm not change, changing them because I'm like, fuck this. It's just too <laughs> hard to do 43 games, and I'm just leaving it as is. Um, I don't care either way. I'm indifferent to to any of the, uh, any of this. I probably won't bet this game at all. Yeah, I'll be too busy with fights. But yeah, I Ethan, I, you all have? I had was. Uh, UCLA minus three, so we're all kind of all over the place. So, well, maybe we'll end up taking UCLA minus three. We'll see. Um, next, we have the famous toastery bowl. This is on Monday. Is it Monday? It is Monday. Or is it Tuesday? One thirty. Tuesday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. At one thirty. Um, and this is. Wait a second. No, yeah. it's Monday, well, bitch. The eighteenth. It's Monday. Yeah. Okay. I bet. <laughs> God damn. All right. And it is Western Kentucky versus Old Dominion. Old Dominion's getting two and a half points, or they're given two and a half points, and the total is 55 and a half. I have a pick that I actually like in this game. What do you guys I got? love this. This is probably my second favorite pick on the bowl schedule. I mean, Western Kentucky's missing like half their fucking team because of the transfer portal. So oh. take take with that what you will. Old Dominion minus two and a half. I have Western Kentucky. I have Western Kentucky money line. <laughs> they're, missing, they're missing i mean tackle offensive lineman two cornerbacks another offensive lineman their kicker a cornerback a linebacker their quarterback and a cornerback they're not but you you're looking at that lineup like they're all starters they're not missing their quarterback okay half those guys could be bench players because i was looking at that same thing earlier and i went back and referenced it to their starting lineups and like half of them start so yeah, I didn't have time to do that. So if you guys like Western Kentucky money line, I'm out. I'm outnumbered. So there you go. My my biggest thing for this is that Western Kentucky's offense far and away outweighs ODU's defense, and I think that they are just going to steamroll them on offense. Now it could be a high scoring game, and you could look at the over with that too. But I I just think Western Kentucky's just going to put up points left and right. Um, and they, yeah, they, the quarterback's well, been are average, but they're, they're exactly their quarterback has been balling. Their offense has been rolling. Um, I think in this bowl game, and again, this is we we talk about teams that like there are teams out there who do not care about bowl games. This is a team that's, and I get ODU will care too, but these are two teams that are going to care about bowl games. And Western Kentucky has the way better team. Okay, there we go. Yeah, no need to harbor anymore. Well, go ahead, Travis. I'll say a little bit. I mean, it's the same like system that Bailey Zappi came from. Austin Reed, they fire the ball down the field all day long. Very pass-heavy offense, 20th in the nation. Um, meanwhile, Old Dominion has not won a game all year by more than seven points, so they like to keep things close. I think that this is a close affair. It goes to Western Kentucky. 
Okay. There you go. West Kentucky money line <laughs> at, at the plus money. And I don't have a I don't have a pick in the scooters coffee Frisco bowl, so I'm gonna go make a drink. I don't I can hear you guys talk. Me either. At twelve and a half. I hate this game all over. Yeah. Oh, I I, say, I, yeah. I like something in this game, but it's not the spread. Um, we don't have to put it on the card, but I love the over in this game. I Marshall's offense has averaged 30 points a game in their last three games. Um, UTSA has a the opportunity to put up points. Um, I think that this is going to be a fun game and that like both teams are just going to go out there and lay it on the field. So I like the over in this game of 52 and a half. All right. Okay, well, we'll see where we're at come come that Wednesday. And if we're needing some, if we're, we need to scratch <laughs> an itch, we can take the over that night. <laughs> yeah. All right. With that being said, we still got NFL coming up this weekend, so we're going to roll out our NFL picks. Be right back. All right, NFL picks this week. We've got a lot. We're going to try to give you picks uh, for all the primetime games, and then there's three games on Saturday that we'd like to give you picks for, and if we see anything else outside of that, we'll probably throw it up throw it up on there as well. So Thursday night game, Chargers, Raiders. Who wants to kick us off? Under 34 and a half. It's a pretty good bet. I didn't even think about the under. Um, I like last the time we bet under three. that low, it hit in the first half. I understand that, but the <laughs> fucking Chargers have Easton Stick and the Raiders have Aiden O'Connell, who scored three points last week. Yeah, I, zero I, points last week. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they, they gave they up lost. three points last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I actually don't mind that at all. I had the Raiders minus three because. Like you said, Easton stick, but they also aren't going to have Keenan Allen this weekend either. And that was literally yeah. the only target they've had all season long. So um, I think with no offense on that side of the ball, their defense obviously reels it. Well, I mean, for the most part, every single week, they have no identity. Their head coach is a dumbass. I get Aiden O'Connell <laughs> is not necessarily a shining star either. Um, but I feel like the Raiders at least have it a little more put together than the Chargers do currently, um, which is why I like them at a field goal. It's tough because I initially liked the Raiders, and now I'm just like, eh, do I like the under more? Here's my reason for the game teaser, and it's 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 a <laughs> it's a point. Zero. If it if anything, it's a it's a Raiders money line under parlay, um, which could be a very viable option. Now that I'm saying it out loud, the reason why I chose the under is because we go back, we look at the Chargers. They won a game six to nothing with Herbert at quarterback. Granted, get the Pats. But you come coming to a team against the Raiders who just scored zero points. The Raiders, I think, have have a solid defense. Max Crosby's a fucking pest, and he's probably going to sack Easton Stick. Honestly, take Max Crosby over a half sack if that's if that's the line because that is insane. But also, the Raiders have a good defense. Even dating back to that, they only let up twenty points to the Dolphins um, three weeks ago. So I just think this under it was that game was twenty to thirteen against one of the most high powered offenses in the league. I just think this is a Thursday night game, short week, two backup quarterbacks, and a good defense with the Raiders and a, and a defense in the Chargers has been better as of late. So, okay, Max Crosby over 0.75 sack, so he has to get either two half sacks or a full sack is oh, minus yeah. one forty. I was like, what? Point seven five. Now, I will, question I will you. bet that. If you can, yes. not that this would be a, a pod pick, Max Crosby, Khalil Mack parlay over a half sack or point seven five sacks. 
Khalil Mack has 15 and a half sacks this year. I mean, the dude is rolling, and this is quiet. That's that's sack. that's so quiet. That's a quiet. That's the quietest 15 and a half sack year I think I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> that I had no idea. My friends is. Please tell me I can parlay him. Come That's on. why I was concerned. I didn't know if you could or not, but I think I can. Here it depends is. on the site too, I guess. But no, it's not letting me do it. It's only letting mm. me parlay tackles. Uh, if you say if you're on Bovada, they won't let you parlay sacks. It's just tackles, tackle props. Mm. So. Well, if you end up being able to, that's a bet I like out there for anybody. Who well, they're both minus one forty for them to get so, over point yeah. seven five. Yeah. So, so there you go. all right, somewhere around plus. Uh, we didn't really come to a consensus pick on that, but I don't. I don't under. hate the under. Um, I just didn't have it. I had okay. the spread, but we, we could we could we could just toss out like a hey, here's here's a Thursday bet for you under thirty four, a couple props, and we could do both their sack props. I mean, legitimately. There you go. All right. The next game we have is Saturday morning or noon. Yeah. It is the Vikings Bengals. Viking or Bengals are three point favorites. And the total is 40 and a half. I'm gonna let you guys gross off because I have a prop in this game. That's that's my pick in this game. Travis said come come prepared to pick a game a picking each Saturday game. Couldn't find a side of like, so I, I found a prop that's got some value. All right. Ethan, um, I this one was so hard for me. I didn't really have an actual pick in this game, but if I had to lean, I would lean Bengals spread just because the way they've been playing and the way that the Vikings have been playing, and they're at home. Spread for those listening is minus three. Um, so yeah, right, Jarrett, what did you have? Tanner Hudson over Mm -hmm. two and a half receptions. It is well, I had that last one. week and he fucked me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> last week, but he's plus 135. Hit this in the last five to six games since the bye. Jake Browning was maybe adjustment game. He is their number one tight end. Um, the juice is just too hard not to take here. Uh, I, that's that's my pick. I found it, saw it, dove into it, liked it, and there you go. That is a that is oh. a very quick testament to our luck on this podcast. It's hit five of yeah. six games, and the one time well, it didn't I had, hit, Travis. I had bet it the previous two weeks as well. Oh. <laughs> I've been betting it. I was um, going to say, so that, go figure. So he's green on it. So, but he's just bitching, just, just the fucking bitch. So I got <laughs> you. Well, no, he's a fucker because he didn't hit it last week, and that was like the <laughs> one piece of my parlay that didn't hit. So fuck him. But we can take him again, so he can fuck us again. Probably get hurt on the first play, just like Tyree Kill. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> All right, three thirty. Colts Steelers in Indy, one and a half point favorites. This Colts seems almost too. I would say this seems too trappy, but you got to do Colts minus one and a half, four and zero oh against the spread this year's favorites. Steelers suck. Those yep. are my notes. <laughs> I mean, legitimately, <laughs> I agree. That'll be a three unit, three unit Mega Max. Oh yeah, baby, go Mega Max. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then we've got the Saturday evening game, night game, Broncos, Lions. Detroit is the four point favorite. The total is 47 and a half. You guys are going to hate me. Will I? Denver plus four. Yep. So I got 
I think their their defense has turned the corner. I think they have the more well-rounded team. They have the I think they have the better coach. I think this is coming down to coaching. I think Dan Campbell's gamblingness, if that's a word, when when he doesn't need to be like those situations like in midfield when he goes for on a fourth and one, like to his own forty-nine or the fifty and doesn't get it. It's going to turn on to bite him in the ass because while Russell Wilson then capitalized on those and scored touchdowns, I think gets his team in in field goal range <clears> for well, lots to not get through the uprights. You also go and look at they have they've won by three, five, lost, one by five, lost. So they so have how many not times won a game by more than five in the last five games. And I'm pretty sure that one the game where they won by five, we bet them minus four and had to sweat it out against <clears> the Saints. Is that is, yes. is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So I also like um and it, it could go right along with your pick too. I also mm. like Denver's team total over 20 and a half. Um okay. I I think this game could be really high scoring and if if the uh Lions end up do winning, Jared Goff on inside is leaps and bounds better than he is outside. And there's just a t- statistical proof of that. They are inside this week. That's the only thing that scares me. I'm not saying that they're going to win this game, but I think that they could put up points. But I think that Denver also could put up points um, with the Lions D being a little suspect the last few weeks as well, giving up a lot of points to the Packers. Um, That's the only example I had, which is a really bad example. But either way, um, I do think that Denver can score three touchdowns in this game. I don't hate either of those picks. I really like Denver plus four. That's probably a two-minute play for me. Um, man, there's gonna be a lot of shit for us to watch on Saturday. I didn't realize this was like just yeah, yeah. busy. A crazy, yeah. crazy uh weekend of sports. <clears throat> I have a fucking family need to get that. Saturday. I'm gonna need to get that DraftKings bankroll built before Saturday. <clears throat> Fuck. All right, so rolling we, into the we, Sunday slate. We didn't what? decide on one there. But yeah, we fine. didn't decide on a pick there. Do I mean, we? Need to both have the Broncos plus four. No, me and I did. Both yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he had a team total again. It can be one of those where we throw out a couple different ones. Yeah, yeah, true. But that's that's that. We'll tweet them all. We'll tweet all these out. So that's that's where our official card Fuck goes. It. it really, Do anyways. It. So, yep. Um, Sunday noon slate of games. Yes. You guys got anything? Uh, I have two noon games. In a three o'clock game, I didn't know we we're doing all prime time, but I can find something for Sunday and Monday. We don't have to. Okay, I got two noon games. How many of you guys you get? How many of you guys got? Um, I only have one more pick, so. Okay, is it a noon game? It is. Yes, it is a noon game. Travis, how many do you have? I have. Three more picks. Okay. I also have three more picks, two noon games and a three o'clock game. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. And this is, I'm going to put an asterisk next to this. I did another in game teaser. This is another in for college. I'm doing one for NFL because I was like, we used to do those a lot and they would kind of hit, kind of slap for us. I'm like, where, why did we stop doing those at some point in time? This is an asterisk if CJ Stroud plays, which if he plays, I think this line moves, so it wouldn't matter anyway. But I like an in-game teaser, six-pointer. Houston plus nine in the under of 44 against Tennessee. Um, divisional games post-November in the NFL historically hit at like a 60-something percent rate. 
Um, and I think Houston, even without CJ Stroud, I think they keep this within nine points. Um, I think they're going to play tough. Like Travis said, we all talked about top of podcasts. They're vying for a playoff spot. Who's their backup quarterback? Does anyone know? It used to be, is it still Davis, Davis Mills? Mills? It's Davis Mills. Davis Mills, he's a fucking baller. He won games for him last year and they weren't supposed to win. So, um, yeah, six point teaser in game. Houston plus nine under 44 <laughs> against the Titans. All right. That's that. Ethan. Yeah, I like it. What do you got? Um, I have I have another pick now because I was looking while Jarrett was talking because I like I liked the in-game teaser thought um with a game that I was hesitant on, but now I feel a little bit better about it. Um, it is the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Um, the New York Giants are six point underdogs in this game. And we got old Tommy Cutlets out there balling. New York looking a little bit better. We know how bad the Saints have played. Um, if you give me an in-game teaser here, Giants plus 12 and the under 45 and a half. I just feel like that eats. I like the Giants plus six, and I, that, that I didn't put in my card, so I don't that, hate that either. That was that was just a bet I pulled out of my ass 20 seconds ago. So, I mean, if we want to go with the Giants plus six by itself, that's also fine. <clears throat> We'll do that instead. Perfect. Okay. So we don't have I do too like many that. in-game teasers going on. You fucking bozos. <laughs> um, hey, watch my first game is late afternoon, three twenty-five game on Sunday. It's Cowboys Bills. Bills are two and a half point favorites. Um, <clears throat> might be square, but give me the Cowboys money line. <laughs> don't do it! Don't do it, Dad. Come on. I mean. They're the, I'm sorry, but they're the much better team. Um, don't care which way you slice it. The it's, the, it's the weather aspect that scares me. What's the weather like in Buffalo on Sunday? What's it like in Orchard Park, New York on Sunday? 36 degrees and cloudy. It's cold. That's warm enough. It's warm enough. Hey, listen, if people can come golf in 36-degree weather, I think these boys can play football. I want to I say know. this out loud right now. If the Cowboys win this game, and two or not two, sorry. And Tyreek does not reach two thousand yards. Dak is the MVP, regardless of what happens the rest of the season. I think Dak solidifies MVP after Tyreek's performance last week, in my opinion. I, well, he but, can still get two thousand, but it's to just your point, be hard. going on. What else? I told Travis today. T- Dolphins are eight zero, and Tyreek gets hundred yards receiving. They're one and four when he doesn't. So, I mean, if that doesn't scream MVP. I don't know what does. But anyway, to your point, to tra- back to Travis's pick. I will ride this pick with you, Travis, because I want it to happen so bad. It's going to help the Dolphins out a ton. Um, Irby, if you're listening, I know you probably aren't because you have ADD. Um, you haven't listened this far, but I hope the fucking Cowboys win. So I will ride that pick. I like it. That was almost my card, too. Um, speaking of AFC East teams, I'm not taking the Dolphins spread because it's a weird-ass spread. Eight and a half. <laughs> what I will take, and this is a bet that could hit, and they could still lose. I pray to God they don't. First half, Jets are three and ten against the spread. First half, they are the worst team in the NFL against the spread. First half, the spread in the first half is minus four and a half. I think Miami jumps out to a fast start. They could very easily be up by a touchdown or six points at halftime, um, like they were when they played the first time around when they were up by ten. Um, again, barely, barely fluke, big bounce back spot for Miami. I think here. Um, Jets are, like I said, it's just because literally I was looking at the data, they're the worst team against the spread in the NFL, first half, 3-10. and 10. So, 
All righty. I would rather take that over the pool game just because oh, of I'm how not the spread is for full game. So, yeah. I'm not touching that full game at all. Yep. Not After the Dolphins were covering 14 points against Titans with three minutes left, I've never taken another spread of theirs again. Uh, sorry. My next game is the oh, – sorry, I only have one more pick. It's Sunday Night Football. It's the Ravens-Jags. Uh, I hate to be square again here, but I got the Ravens minus three. I don't hate it. I hope I hope it doesn't hit because I we kind of need the Jags to win, but I, I think the Jags are not a good football team. As weird as that is to say out loud. I just think they're really banged up. Trevor Lawrence isn't fully isn't a hundred percent. He's dealing with high ankle sprain. You got Christian Kirk out. Their defense has been really vulnerable over this back half, especially through the year, which is something that the Ravens struggle at doing. So if they're able to do that, God knows what else they'll be able to do. So I like that's why I like them minus three. No, I, I like it too. I mean, and you don't have a full, fully healthy Trevor Lawrence. We saw what it looked like last week without a fully healthy Trevor Lawrence to do through three picks that he probably wouldn't have thrown conventionally if he was healthy. A hundred percent. The Ravens are the better team at, on paper and in terms of the standings right now too. So if you're looking at these two teams, you're looking at kind of the direction of where their quarterbacks are going. Um, a three point spread to me is, is kind of generous. Yeah. I, I, it sucks for Trevor because I think if the division isn't where like no one expected AFC South to be this competitive, um, I think that he would have sat last week. I think he would have sat this week to his hundred. Cause like if he continues to play on that high ankle sprain, yep. it's going to be tough, tough sledding for him down the stretch. Um, you, yep. I mean, you literally got to plant on it. It, it. Cause it's his right ankle, right? I think it's his right. Ankle. I actually do not Was know. It, I don't, yeah, I don't know either. Because if, if it's right, he's got to plant on that every single time when he right. goes back in the pocket, which sucks. Um, I don't, I don't hate that pick. Um, again, you know, I'm not going to be rooting for him, but it's a, it's a money decision. Got another. I got one more pick for you. It's a, it's a three o'clock game. I don't know if it's three o five, three twenty five. It's Washington at L.A. at the Rams. Another first half bet. Rams first half minus three and a half. Washington's four nine against the spread. First half traveling across the country. They get that. I, that just screams like a slow start to me. You went all the way from DC to LA. You're already bad against against the first half spread. With without that, um, and the Rams are going to be in a big bounce back spot. They got fucked on a on a punt return in overtime against the Ravens. Um, I, I just I think they blow them out of the water from from the jump. And I love those first half bets because you don't have to sweat the second half. You're like at halftime, cool, it's over. I win. You know that's it. <laughs> or. You lose, and then you're out there scrambling to place more bets because Zach's no, back. Then you're placing <laughs> you second half bets like a degenerate. I've been there, done that exactly. multiple times. So we've got 16 total units. We'll be tweeting them out the days where they come. So I'm not. I have one more pick. List them all off. I thought oh. you only had one more last time. Remember, I I said I had one pick, and then when Jarrett did his fucking little end game teaser, I said, "Ooh, I just thought of this one." So I never gave my official pick. Um, oh my god! It's a good one to end on, anyways. Um, I don't know if you guys will like it. I like it because of just the the history of the pick. You might have seen it on Twitter. Um, Make your pick, Derrick Henry. Jesus, man, this guy just—he's just on one tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah, um, fucking down our throats. <laughs> Derrick Henry, last five games against the Houston Texans, has rushed for over two hundred yards in four of them and one hundred and thirty in the other one. 
his over under, I don't know what it is yet because they don't release player props until like fucking Friday cannot be more than like 72 and a half because he has not been his, his total last week was like 62 and a half. If it is under yeah, 75, hammer it. I know he did, but something tells me it's just this. Like, it's like the, the fucking psychology of, or the mentality of playing that team. And I get that it's hard to base it off recent years performance because last year is not the same as this year and the year before that and so on and so forth. But it's that mentality of you play that team and Derrick Henry, you know, he knows that those stats of that he played these teams the last whatever amount of times and he has just absolutely ran all over them. Houston's rushing defense is still middle of the road to to bottom half of the NFL. Um, He's coming off of a poor performance as a bounce back. He should be fully healthy this week. He technically wasn't last week. Um, I just think that he's going to run the same that he's done the last five times. He may not run for 200 yards, but you're telling me he can't run for 75. I'm going to call you out on it. I'll tell you right now, because Action Network usually has like a little bit of insight as to where it's where it might be at. So let me go to it real quick. And if it's over that, and obviously we don't need to put it on the card if that's like, you know, that's that's me going off of historic performance, but I do like that for this week because I saw that stat today and I was like, the dude's ran for over 200 yards four of the last five games against them. That is an insane stat. They actually don't have them out on there yet. They usually do. Anyway, we'll see. Um, I don't hate it, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we'll, it's, see, we'll, see, we'll see where, where the line's at. Yeah, come, come Sunday yeah. morning. All right. You want to take a break before UFC picks? We roll into them. <clears throat> All right. UFC 296. Uh, the first big card we've seen in a while, actually. Just got word that the Ian Gary and uh, Vicente Luque fight is off, which sucks because now the press conference is ultimately going to be worse. Uh, the card obviously takes a little bit of a hit, but nonetheless, we go on. First in the fight of the night, Randy Brown, Muslim Salikov. Jerk, do you have anything? Um, hold on one second. I don't think I do, but I do not have anything in the first fight of the night. No. All right. Second fight of the night, Martin Boudet, Shamil Gazayev, heavyweight bout. Do you have anything? Yeah, I like this Gazayev guy. Technically making his, his debut. I mean, I know he was on Dana White Contender Series, got a sub in the first round. But this dude just seems like a fucking brawler. And I can't not bet a guy who's making his debut. We're good at those. Machete, machete. Um, at, 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 at <laughs> mahashati, odds. mahashati. Yeah, however the fuck you say his goddamn name. <laughs> um, I'm going to take this undefeated Gazayev guy as a flyer at, at plus 120 to, to, to kick the night off. So real fast, before Travis goes into his picks, I'm looking on UFC's website and it says he's 1-0. Does that mean his MMA record is one and zero, and that he has only one or only fought one fight? He's period. Eleven and zero, one and zero professionally. Okay, I just, I just wanted to make sure. I was like, that is if he has literally only fought one fight at the MMA level, that yeah. that's just insane. One and zero in the UFC. If he's eleven and zero, then then cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. The other guy's thirteen and one. He ain't no slouch. I was say so. he's not bad. Um, he does have an inch and a half reach advantage. Uh, both the same height. Hopefully, it's a good fight. I like dogs in that. I like dogs and and a lot of you know toss up fights. It makes sense. Me too. Uh, next fight: Andre Feely and Lucas Almeida. 
you have anything in there? I got one. Uh, I think Andre Touchy Feely, that, that's his legit nickname. Andre Touchy Feely. I think he's bogus. Almeida is, is, I think to me, the more dangerous fighter. He's a striker. Uh, uh, Feely likes to wrestle a little bit, try, try to take his point to the ground. He lost to Pat Sabatini via sub. Um, Almeida did, so that's a little concerning to me. But I think if he keeps us on the feet, I think he gets the W. Um, so I like him at plus 150. Kind of was leaning the same way. I didn't love anything officially, but Feely is one, three, and one in his last five. One of yeah. those being a no contest. <clears throat> Other one being a split decision win. So even then, he hasn't really performed to his best. He's 22 and 10. So he's kind of been on again, off again fighter. Uh, Almeida, on the other hand, has lost two of his last five. His only la- his only two losses in his professional career. Pat Sabatini is no joke. Um, and then he also had a submission win and a KO win in those. So I really don't care which way you slice it. I'm gonna take Almeida as well. Um, I'm gonna give my super expertise insight as I normally do on these UFC cards. Um, this is a battle of who has the more unique tattoos. I don't know if you've seen pictures of either of these guys, <laughs> but they got some really interesting tattoos on their body. And I, I just wanted to point that out. If you're watching the fights this Saturday, pay attention because they're pretty cool. And whoever wins gets to brag about their tattoos. That's all. Lucas Almeida Wilson on his chest. <laughs> He's got the fucking handprint. Tattoo, yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Quite literally a handprint on his fucking pectoral. <laughs> all right. The... Match 11, Tagir Ulabikov versus Cody Durden. This is my first uh, non-dog I'll take of the night. I think this uh, Ulabikov guy, he's minus 170. He's a favorite. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be tempted to take the other guy because the, the plus money odds are there. This dude's 7-0 and in submissions. Um, his, only dis- his only loss in the UFC was via decision to Tim Elliott, which, again, Tim Elliott is, again, Seasoned vet has been been around the game a long time. This dude's a wrestler. I think he's going to ragdoll him. He's either going to submit him late in the second, or he's going to win via decision. So that that's my prediction there. All right, <clears throat> rolling right along. I uh, had some uh, something similar. I, I mean, minus one seventy, not great odds, but <clears throat> I really don't like Cody Jordan at these odds either. He is four and one in his last five. Three of those came by decision. Not really a guy that's going to wow you. I think Tagir, um, like you said, if he does get him on the ground, might as well be game over. Yeah. He has a three-inch reach, so if he can keep the distance, I think that, that plays to to his advantage a lot. I agree. Ethan, any expertise? Yeah, well, the only thing I was going to say is just don't be surprised if a lot of this fight is spent on the ground. Um, I was just, I, I like to go because, again, you guys know this that have listened for a long time. Um, I don't know these fighters by by watching them, by looking at the stuff that Travis and Jarrett kind of see because they watch a lot of um, the UFC. Oh, my God, what is it? Contender series. They watch all the fights, all that stuff like that. I just like to look at the statistics. And from what I've seen, both of these guys, I feel like, spend a lot of time on the ground. Um, and I think that we're – I would not be surprised if this is a more boring fight because if this fight gets on the ground, I think it stays on the ground for quite a, quite a while. That's that's the only thing I was going to add. I would agree with that. 
All right. <clears throat> Rolling the next fight, we've got a light heavyweight bout, Alonzo Menafield versus Dustin Jacoby. Um, Dustin Jacoby is 19-7-1, so he's been around the game a while, as all those guys at Factory X um, have been. Uh, and then Alonzo Menafield, 14-3-1. Same reach, uh, one year apart, both older men. Alonzo Menafield, though, is built like a Greek god. And can yeah. probably knock, he can knock anyone out. One punch, right place, light switch out. That's why I like him at plus 225. Yep, that Travis, I love it. We're on the same same page here. He's also only been knocked out one time in his career. And I honestly think that's unless because Jacoby's takedown percentage is only 25%. Um, and let's not forget, Menafield's actually not not bad on the ground. He had his last uh winning at Jimmy Croup in July was via sub. So Menafield's not bad on the ground either. I think he's a more well well rounded fighter, what people people give him credit for. So I think he's just a better overall fighter in the, in this match. And like you said, this that one punch knockout power. Um, I think he 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 gets this done. Plus two twenty five, love it. Do you do you guys have bets on um, fight to go the distance like those odds? I couldn't find them. Uh, I could find it for you. I, I have this, this fight's not going the distance. It, it might literally be like minus two twenty five, um, but neither of these fighters. I'll look for you. Real quick. Typically, go the entire uh, the entire fight, match. Fight goes to decision. Menafield and Jacoby's even money. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at UFC's website right now, and you're seventy one percent and sixty three percent. KO, TKO, 21%, 5% sub, but then 7% decision and 30% decision. Like, I, I just cannot see this fight going all three rounds. So if it doesn't, fight doesn't go to decisions, minus 135. That's better odds than I thought it was going to be. Average fight time for both of these fighters is six and a half minutes and 10 minutes. There we go. All right. So a little bit of double dip there, Menafield and... Possibly fight to not go to, to decision. I like it. Ethan provides some yeah. insight. I love it. So, I mean, essentially, if if you're saying that Alonzo Menafield wins, he either gets he gets finished, then you're kind of buying yourself some insurance on his money line. You're basically yep. buying his money line down. You can win. But if he loses by decision, you're fucked. All right. <laughs> Next match is Casey <laughs> O'Neill and Ariane Lipsky. Uh, I got nothing in this one. Probably best we stay away. Overall, I just women fights are such toss ups, and I do have one. I do have one in the next women's fight, not one in this one though. All right, so we'll go on to the next match. It is a guy who is the former bantamweight belt holder, Cody Garbrandt. Minus 200 versus Brian Boone Kelleher, plus 170. This fight is sure to be a banger. Yep. That's why I like the under of two and a half at minus 120. Love it. Yeah, yeah I was also going to say this is based on what I was reading, and this is also a fight that's not going to go the distance. So We love First Cody. All, I want Cody to win, but if Cody gets knocked out, he's the last draw. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. His chin is not there, so... He's either putting someone to sleep. Brian, you don't get the name, you don't get the nickname boom by not knocking people out. So yeah. And not finishing people. So there you go. Um, that one not going the distance. Next fight. 
Irene Aldana and Carol Rosa. Jared said he had a pick in this fight. I do. It's not sexy, but I think it's I think it's one that you can get you some money in your pocket. Um, I like I like Aldana. It's minus one ninety, but Travis has always said if you can find a fighter that's under minus two hundred odds in a, in a UFC fight, it's a good bet. Look at look who Aldana's lost in the last five: Amanda Nunez and Holly Holm. Uh, arguably two of the best women's MMA fighters of all time. Meanwhile, her opponent Rosa, I just I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, she has lost to some girl named Dumont and McMahon. All of her fights go to decision. So obviously, the, <laughs> maybe girl. the over is also yeah. Maybe do you know who that is? Yeah, Norma Dumont. It's just funny that you said some girl named Dumont. Some girl. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is, look, if you look who. Oh, they're Obama definitely their level of competition is a little uh, off kilter. That's for sure. Yeah, and so I like Aldana. I can't tell you how she's going to win this fight because most women's MMA fights go to decision, but in their three of her last five fights for Aldana, they've all been KOs. So three of her three of her last yeah. five of the wins. So yeah, Aldana minus one ninety, not sexy, but that's what I like. She also carries a four-inch height advantage, regardless of reach. She still has an inch, but regardless of reach, four inches. That's what I was a about lot to say. of inches. Yep. Is when I was looking at it too. She's a lot taller. She's got a reach on her. Um, and Jared, you were talking about I'm I have to assume fight to go the distance on this one is not friendly money. Um, but you were talking about Carol Carol, uh, as Travis put it, Rosa, um, has gone the distance in all of her fights. Irene Aldana has gone the distance, I think, in all of her fights, except for the three that you just talked about. So minus 300 fight goes. Yeah, distance. nope. Staying away from that entirely. <laughs> but that's where I well, would have leaned had it been a little bit more friendly. Um, yeah. I would not be surprised if this goes three rounds and it's slightly 29 as well. But someone yeah. gets robbed. All right. Stepping into, I believe the main cards are going to start here now. Uh, or it has. Time out. Time out. We're going back to the last one. Aldana by decision is plus one hundred five though. Now that's that's some friendly juice. Yeah, it is some friendly juice. <clears throat> All right, Josh Emmett versus last minute step in opponent. I guess he took it on like ten days notice. Bryce Mitchell, who does is the minus two twenty five favorite. Does this get bumped to the to the main card? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, this is – I don't understand the odds. Um, Bryce Mitchell coming off a unanimous decision against Danny Gay. Before that, got submitted by Ilya Tapuria. Uh, he's looked good, but he's kind of also been a one-trick pony in doing so. He gets you on the ground. He smothers you. Josh Emmett, on the other hand, is a striker, a guy who can stand and bang, but also only has losses to Yair Rodriguez and Ilya Tapuria. In his last five, I got a bet in this one that's almost again not sexy. It's the over of two and a half at minus one eighty five. Because Josh Emmett, granted, even when he loses, Travis outside of Yair, Yair, Yair Rodriguez, which he got submitted, I think if Rodriguez doesn't submit him, I think that fight goes the distance as well. Wow, um, really? That's a great, some great insight. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, what I'm saying is, like, I don't, I don't think Emmett, Emmett has that finishing power. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good striker. 
I don't think he has that finishing power. And also, he's a little bit on the older side. Um, a little bit? He's 38. He's 38. <laughs> he's fucking yeah. 38 years old. Yeah. I, I just think that this is going to be a very – I think Bryce is going to fight it smart. Their, their reach is the same. Keeps the distance. I don't know. I think Bryce if this is going to wrestle. If this one stays more on the feet, I'm taking Josh Emmett for sure. Uh, and I could even see him knocking him out, maybe getting him down, ground and pounding. So what if we but do it? He takes him we... down, then it's, it, it could get finished. Yeah. What if we? What if you? Yeah. I, I just like the over here, but I could also see like a hedge bet of like doing the over or Emmett by Emmett inside distance or Emmett by KO. It's like a hedge bet. Yeah, that could be way. But Bryce Mitchell's never gotten knocked out. Okay. That's, and he got beat the fuck up in that in a couple of fights that I've seen him. And he's ended up – Edson Barbosa knocked him around a little bit, ended up winning that by decision. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. That might be a day of. We might throw something out there because I don't mm-hmm. love really anything now. The more I look at it. This next fight is one that's also just good. It's just trickery. Um, Tony Ferguson, Patty Pimblett making his return to the octagon. T. Oh, Ferguson sure. plus 255. Yeah, Pimblet is minus three twenty. I don't have a pick in this one. I don't like this either way. My gut tells me to take Tony Ferguson, but he's also yeah, lost. So like, is, my guts also told him to take it in the last six times. Yeah, he's <laughs> lost seven in a row. But six Patty row. has no Patty has no value here. No value. Yeah, I would at minus three twenty. I wouldn't even put him in a parlay at all. Nope, I wouldn't either. Uh, I wouldn't either. Like a, this would be a fun fight. Just watch, honestly, because I think it's going to be Tony Ferguson going balls to the wall. He just got done training with training with David Goggins. He's either going to have a fucking crazy ass mindset, or he's going to be gassed. I would like to see him knock him out. I think it'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I yeah. have I have a card on my wall over here that I paid a hundred dollars for on Patty Pimblet, like orange <laughs> laser card, rookie card, <laughs> numbered. Probably worth a lot of money if he ends up becoming champion one day. Don't think it's going to happen. Um, I just I don't have a pick in this fight. I think it's going to be, like I said, a situation where <laughs> if you want to either... go for one, I would sprinkle a little bit on Tony Ferguson by KO. So I think that's the only way he wins. Tony Ferguson. And now this KO. is this ahead, is my uh, this is my ignorance with the UFC. But Patty's not even a ranked contender because mm-hmm. from all the things you see from Barstool and everybody else, you would think that he is. Um, but I was just looking at that and I saw that he wasn't. So if he wins this fight, is he a rank contender for those of you yes. who know? Okay. Yes. I, I, that's why I just wanted to ask. Yeah. Yes. Probably, probably top 10, if not 11. Um, Ferguson by chaos plus six fifty. That'd be, a, that'd be a fun one just to throw like seven, eight right, bucks throw some on. money on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So no official pick there though. Cause I don't like that at all. All right. Next up is uh, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, Shavkat's minus seven twenty-five. Wonderboy's plus four seventy-five. As much as I would love to bet with my heart here and bet on Stephen Thompson, I I don't really see a path for him at all, even on the feet. Um, I don't either. I don't think he gets finished though, like a lot of people think he's going to, because. I see, uh, I think he gets submitted. 
No, I don't. I think I think Rachmanov gets his first W in the UFC by by decision. I think it's his first. It, w- it would be his first, right? Yes. I think that's what happens. Plus two forty, <laughs> Rachmanov by decision. Wonder Boy's only been what, finished. What's with it by season. submission? Um. I love by by the way, we haven't shot him out in a while, but best five odds. Great website. Um Thompson uh or Rachmanov by submission is plus one forty. Not a bad bet either. So I both of them. You could hedge you can do them both. You do Rachmanov by by because he's not gonna I don't think Thompson <clears throat> is knocked out. I wouldn't think so. He hasn't been knocked out since Anthony Pettis uh in yeah. twenty nineteen. Before that, he's Never got knocked out. So that's his only knockout ever. Thompson's only ever been finished once inside distance in USC in his lo- in, or in the UFC in his losses. And that was that Anthony Pettis fight, which that was in Nashville. I was I wasn't at the fight. I was in Nashville and that happened. Uh hanging out with Nick Clark. Um, but I just don't see a way that that's the only way he does it. I, I, I like Rockamoff by decision there because Wonderboy is a tough son of a bitch. And he just doesn't get finished. <clears throat> Ethan, do you have any crazy insights to throw at us for this? No, I just think that the law of averages would show that at, at some point he's got to have a fight that goes to decision that he wins. Um, mm-hmm. And he's undefeated. So he technically hasn't had a fight that's gone to decision yet. So gut tells me as well. And that as good as Wonder Boy is in terms of um, just the toughness. <laughs> that I, I would think that this fight, I, I think that you could go with either. You talked about hedging both. Um, you could ladder it and doing by decision and, and by submission. Um, because I don't think there's any way that he gets knocked out here. So I think if we see him get finished, he might call it quits. He's 40 years old. Uh, he, this is like his, title eliminator fight so then he'd have to kind of restart back down at the bottom i think if he loses he's done yeah so i don't i don't, I don't disagree I, w- I would also love to see wonder boy win <laughs> this fight too oh i would too i would love that's why i said i just don't see a way to pick him in the fight um one of our our co-main event which is a flyweight title bout alejandre alexandre alejandre however you want to sell it Pantoja going against Brandon Royval, who has been my up and down for the last six years. I swear. Uh, Pantoja's minus 190, Royval's plus 160. These two have fought before, and he, Pantoja submitted Royval, which, in my honest opinion, is that where he, that's where he succeeds at. So I just, I mean, Pantoja minus 190 is, yeah, you can't be that. that. That might be a smack. I mean, that might be like a fifty dollar bet for me, um, just because I wrote down Pantoja minus one eighty because Roy Val is a joke of a matchup. I don't, I don't know think he's a joke of a matchup. I think he's done enough to earn it. But <clears throat> the flyweight division is so like small and so withered away, and the talent pool is kind of low. If you take a guy like Pantoja coming off the year, like the year that he had off. Then he beats Brandon Moreno in the title fight to get the title back. <clears throat> I don't see a way that he loses this fight. Yeah, I don't see that either. The minus one ninety. This might be my like my biggest bet of the night. 
just because of what Pantoja is like, like you said, the high he's riding on right now. So, and I think he does go up to 135 at some point, but not sure when that is. Uh, it might be after this fight. I, I don't, because like you said, who is the next title defense after this? I don't know. I think he might go to, go to 135 and try to be champ champ. I know we've had a lot of those lately, but you know, that's another so, conversation for another day. It is, which leads us into the main event, the welterweight title fight we've been waiting on for the last eight months. Leon and Colby. Leon has now jumped up to minus 170, and Colby is was plus 140. There is only one way I'm able to bet this fight myself yep. and be able to sleep at night, and that's taking Colby Covington straight up. Yep. Colby's Listen, this is a bet with my heart fight. 100%. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. I mean, since 2015, which was <coughs> Colby's last loss pre Kamar Usman, he he made a run of Max Griffin, Brian Barbena, Damian Maya, Dos Anjos, Robbie Lawler, lost to Usman in where he broke, where he got his jaw broke. Beat Tyron Woodley, KO'd him, lost to Kamar Usman and KO and beat Jorge Masvidal. I don't see a way where I don't think Colby finishes Leon, which makes it much more tougher. Because again, when you when you to be the champ, you got to quote unquote beat the champ, and I say beat by convincingly beating them. That's the tough part. He's going to have to absolutely dominate those championship rounds three, four, and five to win. But his cardio is next level insane. And Leon, he got the belt on a lucky kick. Everyone, you could argue that he shouldn't have won the second fight against Usman. We're not going to argue about that because I I like Leon over Usman. But like Travis said, you got to go with our guy Colby at plus one forty. Um, that's the only way to bet this fight. <clears throat> and he might be the last leg of my parlay. Yeah, it's going to be tough to not include him in any, but like I said, for me, it's not with my heart. He is one of, one of if not my favorite fighter, hands down. So it's going to suck extra if he loses. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are just counting him out. Like I listen to a lot of these podcasts and these experts, and they're like, they're saying like, yeah, it's kind of a tough matchup, but they're really not even giving Colby a chance. It's a little bit disrespectful, I think in terms of some of the performances that he's put on. I mean, people go back. They're like, oh, well, he lost to Usman twice. Leon beat him twice. Styles make fights. Um, and I think that Usman just kind of combated Colby's wrestling in a lot of those fights, kept yeah. it on the feet. Um, I don't think Leon's near the wrestler that Kamaru is. So that's it. That's the only way to take it. Leon Moneyline. Or Colby money line. So I have a parlay for you that I'm going to put together right now that I think is going to be pretty intriguing. But let me let me cook it up for you. It's going to be Ulbenekov. How the fuck you say his name? What? I'm going to put I'm going to put Alonzo Menafield in it too because I think he wins. I'm going to put Aldana in it. I'm going to put Pantoja. It's a five-legger and Colby. It is plus 2743. Hard not to take that, right, Trav? Pretty good odds. I still don't know about throwing Colby in there. That would suck. 
you're not you're not sure about throwing Colby. What about Menafield? I like that more than like in a parlay more than Colby. I would just hate to lose it at the very end and lose everything because that'd be the whole gonna, night right there. I'm just gonna put it right now. This is the two drunk brothers parlay for UFC 295 <laughs> 296. Okay, <laughs> fuck my thoughts. Ula Okay, so you want me to take Colby out? It's no, plus, it's okay. No, actually, taking Colby out is it's still plus 1084. There you go. That's much better. So it's it's Ulibenekov, Menafield. Aldana and Pantoja. Aldana and Pantoja. Plus 1084. That's actually really fucking good. Uh, it's, it's not too bad for those for four flaggers. Yeah. Yeah. There you have it. So, like I said, we'll put all our picks out. Uh, and recap it for you today of the events. So stay tuned. And big betting next weekend. week for more. Like Ethan said, big betting weekend. Very ball games, week. NFL Saturday, UFC Saturday, NFL Sunday. Let's fucking go. Gas me up, baby. Like, subscribe, share. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.